Howdy, howdy. Welcome to the Daily Run. We are roaming through Romans. We're in Romans chapter 8. And uh, last time, I stopped in the middle of a sentence. And uh, sometimes that happens when you're studying verse by verse. You just can't carry on uh, through the entire sentence because sometimes Paul's sentences are mega long. So we were talking about this, uh, this reality that we who are led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God. And how if you are a Christian today, if you have received Jesus as your Savior, you repented, uh, which means you've changed direction, you turned from your old ways, you received his forgiveness, you believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that his death was sufficient, uh, and you received him as your Savior, you received that forgiveness from him, um, and you are you uh, are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are born again, and uh, your life has changed. It should change. It should have changed. Um, there should be a change, and and uh, you should be constantly changing, and you should constantly becoming uh, more like Jesus, and that's that's our goal. And so that's something we're going to be kind of talking about here as we get into the later parts of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is a doozy. So much good stuff here, and we've been talking about being sons of God, sons and daughters of God is the idea there. And so um, he says, for as many as are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And so that's where we quit last time, but that's, um, that's not really the end. It keeps going. It says this, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so this is, uh, you know, again, God saying like, look, there's, there's two witnesses. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, that we say, look, I, I get this. I am, I am a, I'm a new creation in him. And it says, and if children, if we're his children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so he's saying, we're, we're heirs. We have an inheritance. And we're, he goes so far as to say, we're joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so this is, this is kind of the, the transition point to the next little section in chapter eight, where he's talking about we're heirs with Christ and Christ suffered. And indeed we suffer with him, um, that we may be also glorified together. And so, this next verse might clear that up because you might be going like, wait a minute, uh, what's going on? I'm, uh, we're suffering with him that we may be glorified. Am I, am I saved because I'm suffering? And I thought I was saved through faith in Jesus. Well, let's, let's read the next verse because I think it's going to clear this up. At least it did for me. Uh, verse 18, it says this, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, which, which shall be revealed in us. So this is the next section, the section of groaning, where he's talking about suffering. And um, and so the, what he says right here is that he says, for I consider, this Paul says, he's, he, he considers that the sufferings of this present time, okay, so the difficulties, the trials, the sufferings of this world, whatever those difficulties may be, he says, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so I used to say it like this, and I, this is probably a, not the best way, but this is what I used to say. You know, if you went to Disneyland and when you got there, 
somebody said, uh, hey, you know, tickets are $122.50. And you go, oh, I got a dollar. And they go, all right, that'll work. Give me the dollar. And you get to go in and you go in and you enjoy all the rides. You get on Space Mountain. You get on the Matterhorn. You get on Big Thunder. All your favorites, you get on them. What you're not doing all day is lamenting the dollar. Now, at the gate, when you had that $1, you might be thinking like, this is my last dollar. When you were on your way there, you might have been thinking like, this is my last. I only have this $1. But once you're in, you're going like, I can't believe it. In comparison to my dollar, this this is amazing in comparison to what, what it cost. And and that's not to say that getting into heaven is the cost. But, but what he's saying is that the suffering of this of this time of this world that we are the, the suffering, the difficulties that you and you've gone through, uh, the, the horrible things that you've experienced in your life, the worst things you've experienced in your life are not worthy to be compared with the glory, which sh- he says shall be revealed in us. And so I used to think that he was, was saying that heaven, the suffering of this world, when you get to heaven, you're not, it's going to seem like nothing, which I think is accurate, but, I don't think that's what he's saying. What he's saying is the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I think what he's talking about is this refinement as God is doing a work in us, preparing us for who we're going to be for eternity, that the suffering of this life is refining us and making us more like Jesus. And that is a a pretty a pretty deep thing to think about. But this is something Paul brings up a number of times. And so uh, the the, uh, the one that uh, the first time I ever encountered this in the Bible and in my Bible, it's got some dark outlining and a star by it is in Second uh, Corinthians four. And it says this uh, in verse uh, probably 16 through 18 it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So he's kind of saying, look, even though I you know, don't lose heart when it's difficult and you're struggling and, you know, as you grow older and weaker or if you, as you feel like you're just being beaten down on the outside, inwardly, God is doing a work and he's, you know, God is renewing us day by day. And then verse 17, he says this for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. So light affliction, like that's how, again, Paul's kind of comparing, you know, the the it seem it doesn't seem light at the time, but he's saying in light of what in light of what comes out of it, it's you know the comparison you know as he said in Romans not worth comparison is so minimal. He says for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, again, he's he's using figurative language, so he's not saying oh you suffered just barely for a moment. He's saying in light of what I'm going to tell you next, the sufferings of this life are are momentarily are momentary. Uh, you know, I, I've probably said this before, but you know, if you imagine that this life is an inch and then you have a, a, uh, a tape measure and you pull that tape measure out and you take that, take that tape measure all the way to the moon, that inch is your lifetime. The rest of that length is not eternity. That's just the length from here to the moon. Now, if that tape measure went on and never ended, that's eternity. And so he's saying, you know, what happens in a minute here in light of eternity, it's a moment. It's, 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 it's a light affliction compared to the, the a length of time that, uh, you know, that we 
are looking forward to an eternity. So anyway, I kind of pr probably talked about that too much, but he's not, he's not saying that this is not difficult and that it's not, it doesn't seem like it's lasting. He's just saying in light of eternity, it's a light affliction, which is but for a moment. Um, so let me read it again all the way through. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And so he's saying, again, the same thing, that what happens in this life, the difficulties of this life are working toward something eternal in us, which is a pretty wild thing to think about, that God is preparing us for eternity with him. And, and there's been all sorts of speculatory remarks. I've heard people say things like, you know, the the degree of, of of holiness you achieve in this life or the degree of Christ likeness you achieve in this life will directly affect how much you'll enjoy heaven and you know stuff like that uh, which is all kind of speculatory and interesting but i think the idea is that god is doing a work in us that is an eternal work god is not just doing a little temporary thing cuz he wants us not to yell at our wife or or nag our kids he is working on us and building in us and molding us and forming us into the image of his son. And the things that he's doing in this life have eternal impact, which is a pretty awesome thing to think about. So uh, hopefully that blesses you today. Uh, when we move on next time, we're going to be hitting uh, this whole section on, um, on some suffering and the expectation of creation and the groanings of the spirit and the groanings of creation. And, uh, some good stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Talk to you next time. God bless you.